ye. It's time for the Sports King Show, live on Sports 1061. The show with scores, interviews, the hottest topics, and the biggest sports stories of the day. It's the show where you'll hear from the players that make the plays, as well as the key coaches and personnel who make it happen. All of this and live phone calls from you, the Sports King Nation. Now, direct from his castle, located in an undisclosed location in the capital city of Richmond, Virginia. Let's welcome to the throne, His Highness, Jamie King, the Sports King, on Sports 106.1. And good morning, everybody. Monday morning on the Sports King Show. Hope you all had a great weekend wherever you are listening to the program today. And we thank you for joining us on Facebook Live, Sports 106.1. We've got a lot to cover. And as the old song says, a long way to go and a short time to get there. Before we go anywhere, we want to thank our sponsors. Of course, we cannot do the program without our great sponsors. We are so proud of all of them. We wish them all well. They have been there from the start, and we want them to succeed all of the businesses at Sports 1061 are so integral to everything we do. We want to thank the Nerve Company. Never underestimate Radical Vision. You can reach CEO Andrew Fisher and his outstanding team in Denver, Colorado. And we say good morning to everyone in Denver. Graphics, website design, marketing plans, they do it all. And they do it at www.thinkoutsidethewebsite.com. How about CMA's Colonial Honda? They continue to keep lies moving forward. Go out and see for yourself. Used cars, an amazing selection. With new and used cars, they can be delivered directly to your door if you'd like them to. President and General Manager Tim Cosgrove, one of the finest people you'll ever meet or work with in any aspect uh, in terms of business or life. This guy is just off the charts remarkable. He does so much for the community and the programs. They do so much for children's cancer uh, situations and raising funds for different organizations revolving around childhood cancer. They do all kinds of things in the community, delivering uh, medicines for the elderly, food for the elderly, people in need. They do so many things outside of the circle of just being a car dealership, which makes them so remarkable to me and to our community. That CMA's Colonial Honda. They'll make it happen for you every single time at CMA's Colonial Honda. And the podiatry centers of Dr. Paul Ross. If you have a foot problem of any kind, Dr. Ross and his staff will get you on the road to recovery with offices in Springfield, Virginia, Bethesda, Maryland. Join the over 240,000 people that have been seen by the best in the business. Dr. Paul Ross and the podiatry center of the Sports King Show features the Ross Rules of Foot Care heard here weekly to help those in need of foot care advice and assistance. Also, our great friend Joe Moglia and the Joe Moglia Report brought to you exclusively by Coastal Carolina University. Listen to the current chairman of TD Ameritrade, who offers insight on life, finance, and sports. It's heard here weekly in the Sports King Show. It's the Joe Moglia Report, which will be heard later this week on this very network. And we want to start today with the NFL, the recap. Of course, let's go back to Thursday night. It was a G-Men falling to the Eagles the Eagles eked one out 22-21 to 21 in that one. As for this past weekend, yesterday, a whole lot of excitement around the league. We're going to get to it right now. 
We welcome Gary Fields watching from Virginia. We appreciate the G-Man there coming on. Huge Washington football team fan. And we're going to get to that story in just a little bit. Shocking would be the word I would use. Who saw that coming? But starting with yesterday's action, the Lions, Gary Bagwell, they call him the Great Bagdini. His Lions, 23, the Falcons, 22. In this game, a disgusted Tom Gurley scores in the final moments of the game, but the same thing that happened with local product Devin Ford with the Penn State game over the weekend. He scores where he could have gone and taken a knee and ended the game. He scores. Next thing you know, Indiana goes the length of the field, scores, makes a two-point conversion, gets to overtime, and you know how those things usually end. Not good. But it wasn't something the young man wanted to do. But you think to yourself, you score under a minute and a half left. You should, in most cases, be able to hold the team out. So that defense is as fault and as culpable as the running back. So in this game, Todd Gurley scores. Of course, he rushed 23 times, 63 yards, two touchdowns. And then he allowed Matthew Statsford, as Gary Bagdini calls him. And he goes the length of the field. And they win the ball game 23-22. The Lions, for their part, improved to 3-3, three and three, 500 ball there. The Falcons can't get out of their own way. 1-6 are the Falcons of Atlanta. Matthew Statford for his, I keep calling him Statsford because that's what they want me to call him. But they think he's a big stats guy, 25-36, 340 yards, one touchdown in that one. Kenny Galladay with a great day for the Lions, six receptions, 114 yards in that one. The Battle of Ohio, I thought this would be one-sided. It was not. Give Joe Burrow credit, the rookie quarterback from LSU. I love Joe Burrow. You know that. I've been unabashed in my love for Joe Burrow and what he can do and what he will do. And I think Cincinnati, you've seen enough. You know you've got a winner with Joe Burrow. Still, as I said before the season, many pieces missing. But the key piece you need is a quarterback. And he is doing the job and then some. Cincinnati, for his part, Joe did it, 35 of 47, 406 yards, three touchdowns. Not enough, but the Browns defeat the Bengals 37 to 34. And let's bring in our friend, the producer of the Sports King Show and Sports Phone, Ben Maitland. And Ben's got some info and some cuts from this game. Ben, uh, exciting finish there as the Bengals uh, find a way to lose it. But Joe Burrow represented himself well, and Baker Mayfield found a way in the end. Yeah, that he did. Good morning, Jamie. Even after, I think, Odell Beckham left that game early in the going with uh, a knee injury, it was uh, a great performance all the way around by Cleveland, by Baker Mayfield. You mentioned Joe Burrow acquitting himself well, for throwing for over 400 yards, keeping the ge- the team in the game. And I think they had, what, four or five maybe lead changes late yes. in the going in that one. It was a, a crazy ending to that game between uh, Cincinnati and Cleveland. Uh, again, Baker Mayfield and doing it when when the chips were down and when he had to make a, a pass. Donovan Peoples-Jones was the guy that he looked for, and this is how that uh, final play unfolded, or the final touchdown for the Browns unfolded. Mayfield to Peoples-Jones for the win. Mayfield towards the end zone. It is caught. Was he in? Yes! Donovan Peoples-Jones! Baker Mayfield taking his shot. And the Browns have retaken the lead. And that was all she wrote. People, people who need people are the most wonderful people I know. 
There's a song in there somewhere, Ben. But anyway, the people that he knew, Donovan Peoples-Jones, DPJ, catches a game winner, and the Battle of Ohio goes this time to the Browns, 37-34. Thank you, Ben. You've got a lot more coming, I know. The game, I thought, one of the best of the day. The Steelers go into Tennessee, absolutely beat down the Titans. I mean, it was abysmal for them. 24-7 was your halftime score, and I said, man, this is getting away from the Titans. But you knew Mike Vrabel and that group would rebound. They did, through 17 on the board in the second, came all the way back. Steelers find a way with a late field goal just missing. The Steelers of Pittsburgh, folks, we haven't talked a lot about them. And Steeler Nation is getting on me. I'm getting hats and getting things sent to me saying, hey, don't forget about us. And I haven't. Love Pittsburgh. Love Pennsylvania. The Steelers 6-0, 2-0 in the division, win this one on the road, 27-24. Big Ben Roethlisberger, 32-49, 268 yards, two touchdowns. They have all kinds of weaponry in Pittsburgh. Things are not... From a standpoint of the of the Titans, you saw some chinks in the armor in terms of what happened there. There there were definitely a few holes they needed to plug. Derrick Henry was hit at the goal line and one of the biggest hits I've seen in a long time. And when you stuff him at the goal line, you've really done something special there. But for the Pittsburgh Steelers, remember this name, Deontay Johnson. Nine receptions from the tight end, 80 yards, two touchdowns. He was all over the place. When you look at him, Juju Smith-Schuster, Eric Ebron, uh, Chase Claypool didn't play his best, but I'll tell you, they've got weaponry across that wide receiving core for the Steelers, and they are able to get open and make plays. Ben has as good a talent on that field as he's had in a long time, and you can see what's happening with Pittsburgh. They are really humming along now 6-0. and The other game, of course, here, Heard here on Sports 106.1, our own Carolina Panthers fall in this one in a very exciting game, 27-24. The Panthers fall to 3-4. and four. The Saints improved to 4-2. and two. Drew Brees, for his part, 29-36, 287 yards and two touchdowns. Alvin Kamara, 14 carries, 83 yards. The usual suspects there for Carolina, D.J. Moore, four receptions, 93 yards, two touchdowns in a game heard here on Sports 106.1. The Panthers have been, and as I said before the season started, Matt Rule would have these guys improving. They aren't, in my opinion, ready to go for the Lombardi Trophy, but you're seeing things from this Panthers group competitive, playing better, improving better. And I know if you're a Panthers fan, you want it now. Everybody does. Take it from me, being a fan of the Washington football team. But when you look at the Panthers team, they're improving in a lot of areas. They're being more competitive. They're getting balanced better, and I'm loving what's happening with the offense. They're not there yet, but they're getting better. Teddy Bridgewater and company improving, and they are three and four. So they're not out of it just yet. They're still in the mix, and they're getting better, and they're competing with the best, and they're leaving their mark. So kudos to the Panthers getting better, not over the hump yet, but they are improving. In a game that was surprising to me, the New York football Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 changed offensive coordinators in this game. The great one himself, Adam Gase, who is supposedly a genius on the offensive side of the ball, announced that he wasn't going to call the plays. Now, that made me kind of take a step back, scratch my head, and say to myself, wait a minute, you're the offensive guru. You're the self-professed genius on the offensive side of the ball. Your stock and trade is calling plays and putting points on the board. 
and you're handing the play sheet off to somebody else because you're not going to call plays now for the Jets. Yes, you're mired in a huge losing streak, and maybe you want to shake it up. But the reason you're here is because your offensive proficiency, the talent you have calling plays, and now the one thing that you're supposed to do better than everybody because you're a genius in many ways from many people's points of view, you hand off the play sheet to somebody else. Well, it actually worked in the first half as the Jets got off to a 10-0 lead. It was 10-6. They end up losing again 18-10. The Jets can't get out of their own way as they continue to look towards Trevor Lawrence and the Clemson quarterback more than likely hitting the New York unless something drastically changes. Bills improved to 5-2 and two in a win they had to have, 3-1 and one in the division. The J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 lose, lose, lose again, 0-7, 0-4. And New York media has just got to be unbelievably bashing Adam Gase. And I just can't believe he makes it through another week. Real estate agents, be on call because I think you're going to get one this week. This has to be the week Adam Gase is gone. They can't continue this because if you're the ownership of the Jets and you're not seeing any progression from your team, you're not seeing them get better, you're not seeing a lot of things. This guy has lost his football team, folks. Let's be honest. They are not playing for him. They're not responding for him. Josh Allen in Buffalo, 30 of 43, 307 yards. And, of course, Josh Allen also on the ground, 11 for 61. So he did it both in the air and on the ground. Cole Beasley, for his part, the former Cowboy, uh, has a great relationship catching the passes from Allen. They definitely have good rapport, 11 receptions, 112 yards in the Buffalo win. So there you go there. Congratulations to the Bills Mafia and the Buffalo Bills. Next up, we've got my Washington football team. To say I'm shocked would be an understatement of understatements. Now, I'm going to go into this right now, and I'm going to be critical of my Washington football team for a reason that was so blatant. And I've liked Bostic, the linebacker, Joe Bostic, the linebacker for the Washington football team. Normally a very heady player, a talented hitter, a guy that can cover out of the backfield. But what he did yesterday, I think he should be – suspended for multiple games and probably will be because in the NFL there's hits and then there's hits and there's dirty hits. Andy Dalton was sliding. I'm not a Cowboys fan, but I'm a football fan from a standpoint of the purity of the game and what you're supposed to do to protect the players. I would have lost everything, my mind included, if I was the coach of the Cowboys. Dalton goes to slide. You've got to pull off. And I tell my players this when I coach as well. When you see a guy going into a slide, don't throw your shoulder down. Don't throw your body weight down because odds are you're going to hit somewhere you're not supposed to hit. It's going to cost us big time. You need to know, like Kenny Rogers used to sing it, know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, know when to run. And in this case, Bostic saw him going down, sliding like he was going in the second base. And he came in with the thunder And his shoulder hit Dalton in the head, and the rebound effect of him driving it into the ground was catastrophic for Dalton. It scared me to see the hit that Dalton took. The red rifle gets up, but didn't know if he was in Washington State or Washington, D.C. as he was helped off the field. He was able to fly back with the Cowboys, but that was the beginning of the end for the Cowboys. In the game, Kyle Allen, the quarterback for the Washington football team, 15-25, 194 yards, two touchdowns. 
Antonio Gibson had a great day on the ground for Washington. 20 carries, 128 yards, one touchdown. Where has that been? Terry McLaurin, of course, for his part, seven receptions, 90 yards, one touchdown. But in this game, Dalton gets knocked out, okay? So they go to a backup that, let's be honest, unless you're a true Cowboys fan, you don't know much about what's going on. You knew Dak Prescott in the Red Rifle, but did you know much about Ben DiNucci? Okay, Ben DiNucci, the backup, comes in, and of course, he is a JMU product. For all of us local fans, we know of the young man, and we wish him the very best. 6'2", 215-pounder out of JMU. But he did not go in, and uh, he na- he didn't make anybody forget about uh, Troy Aikman or Roger Staubach. Let's put it that way. Two of three, 39 yards. And this week, it looks like if Dalton is held out in a concussion protocol, Ben DiNucci, who we hope does well, of course, a local product, we understand if he gets all the reps, it'll be a different, hopefully, showing this week for the young man in a situation there. But when you look at this game as a whole, Washington, you can't, and you could blow me over with a feather in this one because I never saw this one coming. I thought they might be competitive. I thought they might be a field goal type game. 25-3 to was a very one-sided deal. And of course, once you lose Andy Dalton, everything went down to tubes for the Cowboys. But a game that now, if you look at it from a standpoint of Washington two and five, Dallas two and five, when you look at everything right now from the NFL perspective, look at the standings just for a second, if you will, in the NFC. Listen to this. The Washington football team tied with the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys for first place. First place in the division. I went on record over the weekend. People were calling and asking me, what do you think about this division? Worse than football. I said that. But conceivably, somebody could win this division with four or five games. It could be that bad. It literally could be that bad. Three-way tie from the NFC East lead between the Eagles, Washington football team, and the Cowboys with two wins against five losses. Unbelievable. But it is what it is, and... Hey, if they get in the playoffs, they get in the playoffs. But once again, they're playing themselves out of the situation with Trevor Lawrence with more wins. You want them to win, but you just wonder to yourself, where is this going to end? Of course, Ezekiel Elliott, for his part, did his best, but 12 carries, 45 yards. When you look at the situation with Elliott, and as I just watch again the hit by Bostic, absolutely one of the dirtiest hits I've seen in recent memory, his head-to-head hit knocking the helmet off of Dalton was a situation he should have been ejected. He acted surprised afterwards. There's no surprise. Roger Goodell is going to come down hard in this one. I think Boston could miss multiple games, so we're going to keep our eye on that. A situation when you look at uh, the dirty play, and some people can say, hey, it was a dirty play. It should never happen. Dolphin, of course, let the game in the third quarter, and a situation where the Cowboys never recovered in that one. The Packers and the Texans, the Packers roll on the 5-1, and one. Uh, 35 to 20 over the Texans. Deshaun Watson did his best, 29 to 39, 309 yards, two touchdowns. But it was Aaron Rodgers and company coming out on top, proving the five and one, three and one overall. Congratulations to the Pack. Jamal Williams, the running back for the Packers, 19 carries, 77 yards, one touchdown. Devonte Adams, 13 receptions. Listen to this line, fantasy fans. Devonte Adams, 13 receptions, 196 yards and two touchdowns. Boy, did he deliver for you fantasy players yesterday. Don't look now 
Tampa Bay or Tampa Bay. I believe they call it Tampa Bay now, but Tom Brady and company humming along 21 points in the fourth as they blow out the Raiders 45 to 20. Brady, for his part, spectacular 33 of 45, 400, uh, 369 yards and four touchdowns. Tom Brady is clicking now, throwing Leonard Fournette's 11 carries, 50 yards, keeping people off balance. Scotty Miller, remember that name? I told you about it here on the Sports King Show. Becoming a great addition to that Tampa Bay offense. Six receptions, 109 yards, one touchdown. So, sports fans, let me clue you in on something here. With the 5-2 and two Buccaneers catching their stride, Rob Gronkowski, Tom Brady reunited, and it feels so good, with all deference to Peaches and Herb. The Buccaneers, with Tom Brady and Gronkowski developing rapport again, like they did in New England, or clicking on all cylinders. You've got Mike Evans. You've got Gronkowski. You've got Godwin. You've got O.J. Howard. I told you how dangerous they were before the season started in the red zone, and I've been right on the money with that. Now, let's throw in Antonio Bryant to the mix. Are you kidding me? You just rolled up 45 points on a good Raiders team, Khalil Mack and company, and now you're adding Antonio Bryant the mercurial wide receiver. If there's some way that Bryant can come in and mind his P's and Q's and be a quality receiver and a quality person, the Buccaneers just hit a major home run with a guy that can extend the field, make plays all over it, and add to a receiving core that is absolutely deadly to begin with. Because as I told you, with the tall Mike Evans, you've got O.J. Howard also in the two tight end package. You've got Mike Evans. You've got, of course, uh, as, as a whole, you got all these guys there in terms of pieces. Now, of course, Howard's hurt now, but I'm saying when he's healthy, we got all these different options with a Howard, a Gronkowski, a Godwin, and of course, uh, you've got uh, all the different uh, aspects there. Then you add in a Brian. It just adds so much to a defense to have to worry about. But right now, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this Buccaneers team with the addition of Brian and how well he gels with Bruce Arians in that offense. But all smiles in Tampa Bay yesterday as the Buccaneers improved the 5-2. and two. We're going to come back, take a break right now, come back with the rest of the look at the NFL. Give us a call, 804-327-0888. Let us know how your favorite team did yesterday. We're going to talk about the Chiefs, Broncos, 49ers, Patriots, Cam Newton, Bench. We're going to talk about that. And World Series, the Dodgers, one game away, 32 years ago, 1988, they last held up. The World Series trophy, they're trying again one game away from doing that. We'll talk about the rest of the NFL, Major League Baseball, so much more. You're listening to Sports King on Sports 1061 on Monday morning. We'll be right back. Hi, this is actor Matthew Rauch. I played Burton on the hit series Banshee on Cinemax. You are listening to my friend, Jamie King, the Sports King, who told me I'm welcome on his show anytime as long as I keep my glasses on. Friends, if you suffer from foot or ankle pain, have I got the solution for you. It's my great friend, Dr. Paul Ross of the Podiatry Centers of Springfield, Virginia and Bethesda, Maryland. Dr. Ross is a world-renowned surgeon and is widely considered as one of the top podiatrists in the world. He has helped over 240,000 people during his illustrious career, and I am happy to tell you that I'm one of them. From bunions to bone spurs, for foot problems big and small, he and his outstanding staff give five-star treatment to everyone who visits his office. If you can't make it 
get in, that's no problem. Just contact the offices of Dr. Paul Ross to schedule a one-on-one virtual meeting. Dr. Ross is a proven expert. If you're looking for an answer to your foot and ankle problems, look no further than the best in the field and reach out today to Dr. Paul Ross in the podiatry centers of Springfield, Virginia and Bethesda, Maryland. In Springfield, Virginia, the number is 571-267-1936. In Bethesda, Maryland, the number 301-660-8225. Call today and tell them the Sports King sent you. Hi, Tim Cosgrove here, General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. We exist to move lives forward. That includes volunteering to support local charities and our community, like the Virginia Breast Cancer Foundation, St. Jude Children's Hospital, the Ash Childhood Cancer Foundation, and more. In fact, over the past two years, CMA's Colonial Honda has donated over $30,000 to local charities, plus a brand new Honda Accord EX worth over $28,000. All the money we have raised has gone to support local charities and organizations like the St. Jude Dream Home Giveaway. But we need your help continuing to spread our message and bring awareness to those in need. We can beat cancer with your support. Ask me today how you can help. Moving lives forward. It isn't just a catchy phrase, it's a firm belief. From all of us here at CMA's Colonial Honda, thank you for your continued support. Visit cmascolonialhonda.com. Owners just do more. You're listening to a man whose future is so bright, he's got to wear shades. The Sports King on Sports 1061. And we welcome you back Monday morning. If you're driving into work, be careful this morning. Starting the work week out, steamrolling towards the end of October. Today, October 26, 2020. Gosh, we got to set the clocks back. Coming up, so much going on as we head towards Halloween. You're listening to Sports King on Sports 1061 Facebook Live. We're getting back into the NFL over the weekend. What happened? And we've got the Major League Baseball situation with the World Series. We're going to talk about that shortly, but let's go back to the NFL. Our continuing coverage of games from yesterday. It was the Chiefs 43, the Broncos 16, one-sided all the way through. Drew Locke, two interceptions, uh, 254 yards passing. Philip Lindsay, nine carries, 79 yards. But it was the Chiefs 43, the Broncos 16. The Chiefs now six and one, two and four are the Broncos. The 49ers defeated the Patriots and Patriot Nation. You have problems, many problems. Where to start? First of all, this one had to be painful for Bill Belichick on many levels, one of which was watching Jimmy Garoppolo roll into Foxborough with his troop and defeat the Patriots 33-6. to This was ugly. The Patriots managing just a field goal in the second and third. That was it for them. Brandon Ayuk for San Francisco, six receptions, 115 yards. Jeff Wilson Jr., 17 carries, 112 yards, three touchdowns against that Patriot defense, which has fallen on hard times. The Niners improved to four and three. The Patriots fall to two and four. Two and four are the Patriots. Things have gone so bad from bad to worse. I thought Cam Newton would be maybe a savior for this team, but it looks to be Something not working there, not clicking with Josh McDaniels. They are having some real problems on the offensive side of the ball. You saw Belichick walk over to Cam Newton after he yanked him and gave him a little pat on the side saying, you know, hey, it's all going to be okay. But you just wonder 
how okay it's really going to be. Afterwards, Cam Newton, former North uh, former Carolina Panther quarterback, who's been jettisoned to the New England Patriots, thinking this may be the thing that would turn his career around, talked about being benched by Bill Belichick after the game. I wasn't good enough. You know, I didn't, I didn't, and I, no way, shape, form did I put this team in a position to compete. And, you know, that's inexcusable. This is the National Football League where, you know, a lot is put on the quarterback and, 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 you know, I have to deliver. Has to deliver. Yesterday, uh, delivery was at the wrong house because Cam Newton ended his day. Listen to these numbers. Nine of 15, 98 yards, three interceptions, a QB rating of 3.5. An overall rating of 39.7. You're not going to beat many high school teams with those numbers. So Cam Newton was abysmal and absolutely played horrifically yesterday. He took it like a man afterwards. So you wonder if he's going to be able to rebound. They have so many problems in New England, not just quarterback. I just don't know how you can fix this with one broad brush of the paint, uh, paintbrush. You just can't just, you know, hope it away, wish it away. They just have too many problems in New England. And I see this happening throughout the year for them. I just don't see a quick fix. So sorry, New England Patriot fans. I just don't see a lot of help in the bullpen with Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer. Not a lot there to go to. The Jaguars and Chargers, one of the more entertaining games of the day. The Chargers improved to two and four. The Jaguars fall to one and six. Justin Herbert continues to equate himself very well with the NFL. 27 of 43, 347 yards, three touchdowns. And he's really developing into a fine young quarterback. So good things happening there for the Chargers. James Robinson for Jacksonville rushed 22 times for 119 yards, one touchdown. For the Chargers, Keenan Allen led the way, 10 receptions, 125 yards there. The final game on the board last night, Sunday night football. What a game as the Cardinals defeat the Seahawks and local product Russell Wilson 37 to 34. This game, Russell Wilson, 33 of 50, 388 yards and three touchdowns. I've got to tell you, it was so un Russell Wilson like. Uh, a couple of the interceptions he threw, and one of them by Isaiah Thomas, um, Isaiah Simmons at the very end of the game, was very uh, disconcerting for me. It just looked like he was totally out of sync on that final stretch, is where you expect him to play his best ball. And for whatever reason, uh, he threw a pick, and next thing you know, Kyler Murray comes down and leads the Cardinals to, and they had a field goal opportunity earlier and blew it, and they came back and win this one in overtime. Kyler Murray emerging as a superstar quarterback. The guy is just phenomenal with his feet, and he's becoming that passer that is going to throw a lot of scare into a lot of people. 34-48, 360 yards. Three touchdowns, one interception was Murray. So when you look at his numbers, you're saying, man, you know, that little guy, he's just getting it done, getting better through the air, 360 yards on the night. And then if that's not good enough, 14 carries, 67 yards, one touchdown on the ground. The key with Murray is this, and I was watching some film. When you look at him, you want to put a spy on him. But the problem with putting a spy on him Anybody in the NFL, if you want to kind of contain this guy, you got to put two spies on him and you got to try to keep him squeezed in and not let him get out and break containment. When you have a one on one situation with a linebacker with Kyler Murray, it's just not good. Not good in any way, shape, or form because Murray is just so big in terms of his ability to get away on a 
outside play. Whenever he breaks containment, he is lethal. You just can't. If a linebacker squares up on him, all he needs is six inches, and he'll get away from you. He's so slippery and elusive. You give a little head fake. He gets outside of you, and he can pick him up and put him down faster than you can. So the problem with Kyler Murray is you just can't stop the guy. Yes, he's small, but you know that four-two type speed, you just can't do anything about it in a one-on-one situation. So that's where the linebackers are at such a disadvantage. You need somebody that's going to come over and shade on him and hopefully keep him squeezed in. Other than that, you're going to pay a terrible price when it comes to Kyler Murray. He is just too talented a player, and they win thirty-seven to thirty-four. Five and two are the Cardinals now. Five and two, two and one at home as. The situation with Cliff Kingsbury, of course, that college offense that he has, he spreads it out, and he's doing very well. So you got to give credit where credit's due. And for the Seahawks to lose this one, I never saw this one coming. I knew the Cardinals could be competitive in it, but I did not expect this to happen the way it did. The Seahawks entered Sunday night with only nine sacks in five games. They didn't even register an, a hit on Kyler Murray. And basically the fact that you can't pressure the guy, you can't get your hands on him, you're not going to be able to alter the game in any way, shape, or form. Yes, you can put your hands up and cause him to reload and run around and look for somebody, but if you remember the guys like Fran Tarkington, Joe Theismann, guys that weren't really big guys, but able to get outside and create space and make things happen with their arm and with their legs. Now, Theismann and Tarkington, both great runners, but this guy's different in terms of his speed, that 4-2 speed. He just makes you miss. And now the Cardinals are in 5-2, and two, looking great and getting better with a young quarterback that's really finding his way. Now, you want to talk about football? We've got football for you tonight. It's 8-15, SoFi Stadium, Inglewood, California, the site. The 5-1 and one Chicago Bears and Nick Foles go to the Rams. Six is the number, 44-and-a-half. I think it goes over the posted total. I like the Rams in this one. I don't know if six is going to be the number that's going to hold up. It could be a field goal type game, but I expect the Rams to come out and play very well tonight. Jared Goff so far on the year, the quarterback for the Rams, 128 of 190, 1,570 yards, 10 touchdowns overall. So the Rams in this one, I expect them to come out defensively and throw a lot at Nick Foles, try to put a lot of pressure on him, try to rush him off the edge quite a bit tonight in terms of a lot of blitz packaging. So I see something tonight, maybe trying to keep him off balance. you got Aaron Donald up front and guys there that are creating a lot of havoc. So the Rams, I expect to win their fifth game of the year, improving the 5-2. and two. But the Bears, now, will I be shocked if Nick Foles wins a game tonight on the road? No, because that veteran leadership they have. And you don't hear about the name Mitch Trubisky much anymore. Very much forgotten in Chicago as the Bears seem to have found the guy that can really stir the drink for them in Nick Foles, a former Super Bowl MVP, has those Bears at 5-1. and one. That game tonight, 8-15 on ESPN, as it is the Monday night game tonight. And I do like the Rams in that one. So that is a look at the weekend that was in terms of the NFL picture. Some great things happened for some teams. And, of course, your team, my team, the Washington football team, uh, stunning would be the word. I never expected that to happen as they dominated the Cowboys. Of course, you can say the hit to Andy Dalton was key in that, and it was. But I never expected that performance out of Washington. It was good for one game. And many people used to say back in the day when I was coming up, 
if you lose every game, but you win the two against the Cowboys, it's a successful season. I never felt that way, but it always did make you feel better during a losing year to beat the dreaded and hated opponent, the Dallas Cowboys. So big win for the Washington football team. We're going to take a timeout, come back, and it's all about the World Series. we got other news and notes. Ben's been working on that. We're going to come back and talk about a lot of the things that happened over the weekend. But right now, the Los Angeles Dodgers, one win away as they lead the, the series three games to two, looking for the final uh, nail in the coffin for the Rays. But, folks, I'm going to tell you when we come back why the Rays – May not be going quietly into the night. We'll discuss that and much, much more. Plus your phone calls, 804-327-0888. You're listening to the Sports King on Sports 1061. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Mark Mosley, NFL MVP in 1982. You're listening to my friend Jamie King, the Sports King on Sports 1061. Coastal Carolina University offers you the academic experiences you need to succeed after college. From marine science to computer science, from theater to music technology, from hospitality management to health administration, there is a place for you at Coastal Carolina University. With inspired learning opportunities in the classroom, in the field, online, and around the world, Coastal Carolina offers the opportunities to support and empower your success. Visit coastal.edu to learn more. Let's get back to the guy who said, where there's a will, there's a relative. Oh, you're listening to Sports King right here on Sports 106.1. And welcome back, everybody. Sports King show on a Monday morning. Don't look now, but warming up in the bullpen. Big Al. Big Al Coleman, BAC, the big man on campus, coming your way, 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock live here on Sports 106.1 with the continuing sports coverage here, of course, home of the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Carolina Panthers, who just uh, narrowly avoided uh, the opportunity to win this weekend. They were close, and they're getting better, are the Carolina Panthers, and we're so proud to carry them here on Sports 106.1. Want to move now to Major League Baseball, the World Series, and don't know what you were doing in 1988, but 32 years ago, the Dodgers were named world title holders, of course, winning the world championship. Now they're one game away. And over the weekend, I was posting left and right one of the most exciting games I've ever seen, of course, with what happened in that debacle that was uh, the final play of the game with a seldom known player getting a base hit who hasn't had hit since September, comes up, gets a single, and basically it ended in a fashion that many of us will never forget in terms of a game. Then you turn around 24 hours later and Clayton Kershaw comes and he's had postseason issues. We know that. But if this was his last appearance – uh, there's always a potential Game 7 relief opportunity, but the f- fact that he's been shaky in the past, he looks so solid in this one. Many of the people in attendance, it wasn't a packed house at Globe Life Field, but they were booing, as was I, because I don't know why Roberts took him out. But he went off the mound, and Rogers, after throwing just uh, Roberts, after throwing a couple pitches, said he saw enough of Kershaw. He wanted him out of there. They had a plan that they discussed before the inning, and the Dodgers 
behind Clayton Kershaw win four to two on Sunday, setting up a situation now where the Dodgers are so close they can taste it. That's the good news for them. The bad news for the Dodgers, Kevin Cash and this Rays team have answered every call. They don't give up. So if you're a Dodgers fan, you can be confident today saying, yes, we've got two games to win one. And conversely, Tampa has two games to win two. So you're looking at a situation where all it takes is one great outing from a Blake Snell setting up a game seven and anybody can win it. I think Blake Snell will pitch well today, and I expect the Dodgers to have all they can handle and then some. I'm not saying the Dodgers won't win it tonight, but when you look at what's happening with Tampa Bay, they don't get rattled. They don't get shaken. They're a team that's very resilient. They've done against the Yankees, so these guys aren't going to get upset. They're going to battle. One of the key plays in this game uh, was Margot, trying to steal home. And we've got that sound uh, as Manuel Margot tried to see something in Clayton Kershaw. His back was to him. He tried to steal home. This is what that sounded like, and it was a very close call. Here's the runner coming to the plate, and tag out, and the inning is Margot. He's saying he got around the tag. Austin Barnes, the catcher, immediately heads off. He thinks he got him. He thought he got him, but did not work out to his benefit as he was called out on a very close play. And I'm just wondering, was he sent or was uh, a situation where he had his own uh, ability to make that call in the World Series to try to you know, beat Kershaw to the punch? It was that close where you can't really fault him for trying. It just didn't work out to the Rays' benefit in that case. Something else that didn't work out to the Rays' benefit was the home run hit by Max Muncy. And in this game, Muncy hits a home run, folks. This game should have had a stewardess on this flight because he got every single bit of it. Listen to this home run by Max Muncy. Unbelievable. I mean, you were there. Here's a high fly ball into right. Absolutely belted. Muncy points at his dugout and will take the trot. Dodgers lead 4-2 here in the fifth. And that was the difference there. But I'm going to tell you something right now. Whether it be Muncie or Bellinger, I mean, these guys, one thing about the Dodgers, they do not get cheated on their cuts, folks. When they swing through, absolutely with bad intentions like Mike Tyson used to punch, these guys are amazing in terms of the wood they get on the ball and their swing radius and the way they follow through. When Muncie hit this ball, he dropped the bat immediately and just watched the flight. I mean, it's one of those things where you're watching like a plane take off from an airport because you're saying to yourself, how far will this one go? And he dropped his bat, and you knew right away. I mean, back in the day, at times, there would be home runs. You're sitting there wondering if it's going to make it out. Of course, this was no doubt about it as he just absolutely destroyed the baseball. So now, 4-2, to two, the Dodgers win this one one game away from the first title in 32 years. And, of course, it's going to be interesting to see if the resilient, and I mean they are resilient, uh, Tampa Bay Rays can find a way tonight in terms of trying to pull this one out. Actually, they are going to play. They have the day off today. It's going to be Tuesday. It's going to be Blake Snell uh, Tuesday night 
against, uh, of course, the Dodgers and Tony Gonsolin. In this game, Gonsolin's 0-0, Blake Snell 0-0 as well. Gonsolin's 0-1, 6-7-5 ERA, Blake Snell 3.86. The Rays-Dodgers, Globe Life Field, Tuesday, and the uh, Dodgers are installed as a 142 favorite over under eight. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. So that is the World Series, uh, and it's been an exciting series. And I think the fans, many people are like, well, it should be an asterisk, blah, blah, blah. And these guys are playing their hearts out. Whoever wins it, wins it. And let's uh, take our hat off to whoever the team is. Yes, it's only 60 games, but these guys have all under the most uh, incredible situations giving us everything they have in terms of that want to bring in ben maitland of course our producer in the final moments and talk about some of the things that happened over the weekend ben i understand nascar did not run but you've got an update on that area yeah jamie good morning to you again the uh they did get a few laps in yesterday at the texas motor speedway 52 laps were run before uh some heavy fog and, and a heavy mist not really a rain per se, but a heavy mist, a persistent mist set in over the racetrack down in uh, at, outside the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and they were unable to continue yesterday afternoon. So they will pick things back up this morning, 10 a.m. Eastern time on NBCSN, uh, on the Performance Racing Network, Sirius XM, NASCAR Radio, your uh, channels as far as picking up NASCAR coverage today. Later in the day, um, when the Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive 500 for the Cup Series picks back up, um, Kevin Harvick started from the pole yesterday. In the laps that were run, he had a little bit of a problem uh, from the lead. Uh, hit the wall coming off of turn two, damaged the car a little bit. And when the race gets restarted this afternoon, or this morning, I should say, he will be, I think, at least one lap down. Uh, Martin Truex had some pre-race issues. He failed pre-race inspection twice and then had the rear spoiler confiscated by NASCAR, was docked 20 points, and had his crew chief, James Small, ejected from the premises and had to start at the back of the field yesterday. I think he made it up into the top 10 when things got stopped yesterday afternoon. So um, he's was probably in a must-win situation for Truex to try to advance to the championship for coming into Texas, and then after that points penalty uh, for failing Tech and having an illegal spoiler, he's still in a must-win situation, even more so when they get the things cranked back up this morning again at 10 a.m. Uh, on NBCSN as far as your television coverage for that race at Texas Motor Speedway. And then on the golf front, Patrick Cantlay, a guy who really I don't think was being looked at coming into the final round of the Zozo Championship yesterday out in California. He uh, shot a 65 to kind of steal the win um, from some of the big names who were in contention, the likes of John Rahm, uh, Justin Thomas. Uh, Cantlay birdied four of the first six on the back nine to take a lead over John Rahm and Justin Thomas. Stumbled a bit over the final couple of holes, uh, making a bogey on 16 and two pars late, but it was enough to, uh, to win the tournament the Zozo Championship for Patrick Cantlay by uh, just a stroke over both John Rahm and Justin Thomas. It is the third win of Patrick Cantlay's career uh, to go with the uh, Shriners Hospital Open victory um, and a Memorial Tournament victory up at Jack's Place a couple of years ago. So Patrick Cantlay, your winner there. And then NASCAR gets back going at 10 o'clock this morning. And, of course, uh, Tiger Woods shot a 66 in round two at the Zozo, so you know he can go low. With the Masters looming in just a couple weeks here, it's going to be interesting to see the Masters in November. One of those things you never thought you'd ever see. It's going to be so interesting to see how that unfolds. Tiger Woods for the weekend was minus one uh, overall. Phil Mickelson near the bottom of the leaderboard was plus three. So for the weekend, Lefty earns $13,120. 
Tiger Woods takes home $13,600. So I think these guys tip more than that at the uh, local restaurants than they made probably over the weekend. But I'm sure that they were rewarded in other ways. But it was Patrick Cantlay, as Ben just mentioned, taking home the number one spot and $1.440 million. And he played great. And as Ben said, a huge win for him. Masters right around the corner. That is going to wrap it up. Complete NFL coverage, Major League Baseball, of course, Tuesday night. Dodgers try for the world title. First time in 32 years. We'll be all over that. Coming up next, it's Big Al in Sports Phone. Two hours worth. And give them a call, 804-327-0888 is the number. That is going to wrap up the Sports King Show for this Monday. We hope you guys are off to a great start on your Monday. Hope you have a great week ahead. Of course, heading towards Halloween. It's going to be a lot of tricks and treats this week on the Sports King Show and Big Al as well coming your way next. We hope you have a great day again. My best to your families. We'll see you back tomorrow. Same bad time, same bad channel on the Sports King Show on Sports 1061.